The shared universe model has brought the MCU huge prosperity, prompting dozens of copycat cinematic universes. However, this model is not without its drawbacks. Regulating continuity, keeping style and tone consistent within characters and across movies is incredibly difficult, and constrains creative freedom, not to mention managing TV shows and other media. How have Marvel and other universes handled these limitations of the shared universe model, and will these factors get more relevant going forward? Hello, I'm Thomas Rasmussen, frequent contributor to AP Marvel. I have with me today Anthony. Hey, what's up? And Izzy. Hi. Um, hey guys, so I just wanted to, uh, I think I hear all the time, like, yeah, like, shared universes, they're all the rage, and, like, so many of them have failed. I started thinking about, like, why have they failed? And I realized that the shared universe is actually, like, really hard to do uh, for a number of reasons, and I wanted to talk yeah. about some of the drawbacks of that. What do you Hashtag, it's all connected. Uh, <laughs> so our uh, our Chris Compendio is right now at uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, at the time of this recording. At the, at the time of this recording. And a little fun fact, he got to talk to the cast of Runaways. So we'll be talking about that uh, at another later date. But that's like super cool. And he also got to speak to Jeff Loeb, the TV oh, daddy himself. I'm excited for that. So, so we'll get to. Please don't use that phrase again. Uh, we'll the TV about daddy. <laughs> TV daddy. No, please. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be talking about uh, his conversations with all those wonderful people um, at another mm-hmm. time. But now we're going to be talking about yeah. the shared universe. So yeah, um, as Thomas was saying, this is very very unique. But there's probably a lot of problems with it. Um, Thomas, yeah. you you were saying. Yeah, so um, so I wanted to start off with like an explanation of what the shared universe model is, and really like define it so we can talk about examples. Um, mm. it, in my mind, it's because TV series have been around forever and movie series. Yeah. But what makes Marvel unique is that it sort of has these like branches that are yeah. entirely separate and like maybe involve some characters from previous movies. But the branches can be going on simultaneously in universe. They can be yeah. like completely unrelated for a while and then come in. Um, and it's this idea that like it's it's not necessarily consistent in the way a series is. It's very like it just takes place in the same world and there are different stories with different people. Yeah. yeah. So so let's let's talk about the history of the cinema of the the shared universe model. Uh, so about three thousand years ago was the Iliad. <laughs> The Odyssey, uh, and those three. I can't. I can't think of forgetting the, the third one. What's the third? One? I think that's no. It's, it's the Iliad, the Odyssey, that's it. and um, is it Antigone? No, 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 no. That's, that's completely book. off. There's a third book. The Odyssey is the. God damn it! So, but shared universes has has have existed for a very long period of time. Wait, is it just the Odyssey and the Iliad? I thought. I think it's just the, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was just the Odyssey and the Iliad. Okay, Google says um, Iliad, Odyssey, and like Aeneid. I can't pronounce this word. It's it's definitely Greek, but it's like there's A E N I D. Aeneid. Aeneid. Yeah. That sounds right. And pronunciation wise and content tell, wise. So, <laughs> tell us about it, Anthony. So I mean, all of like these three stories are kind of all connected under the same type of arc and have like some characters interweave interwoven into it and stuff and 
I don't know. It's just they're all they're all kind of the three of them are kind of all connected, um, but uh, either in a thematic way or that they're just epic stories. But everyone kind of see I I personally kind of see them as the first all three connected shared universe stories. But they're all just based upon um, myths of the of the the day um, during twenty nine BC. So you know, it's kind of cool. Um, and then we kind of have, um, other stories, uh, we have Lovecraft stories in the early 20th century, which are all kind of connected, um, in their own little shared universe, um, and there's a couple of other ones that happened during the Romantic era, and then the, but the first real movie shared universe was the Frankenstein, um, (laughs) the, the... Uh, creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, Dracula, Wolfman, uh, the basically the precursor to what the Dark Universe was supposed to be, <laughs> uh, and that was the first time you had a bunch of different characters all appear in the same movie together. So that was kind of cool. And then you also have the Godzilla stuff, where all the monsters have their own separate movies, and then they all do like one giant team up, which they're also recreating now, which is kind of cool because of the. Uh, mcu fervor yeah it's um, interesting that you oh sorry uh, no it's interesting, it's interesting that you tie in mythology into this because even outside like the iliad and like the odyssey and the aeneid a lot of the myths delve on stuff that happened between like zeus and Hera, or zeus did this so Hera did that and there's a lot of like backstory interweaving ties that you don't really notice until like you think about it in that context and like arguably like myths are a really big basis for a lot of like not just superhero stories like just modern tellings of stories today and so it's interesting to look at that as a base and oh yeah how yeah that's establishes. yeah that was, uh, so it's like kind of like a just a, an accidental <laughs> Uh, yeah connection and when when you look at the model too Mm -hmm. um i mean most mythologies or we can think of sort of like uh, ancient religions they just had a collection of stories that were all sort of intended to be congruent with one another um and interwoven and connected exactly and it yeah i mean it it really was not they were not generated chronologically or anything like that and they didn't Mm -hmm. involve the same set of characters necessarily so um i mean you can think of ancient storytelling around campfires is the first you know shared universe model so this i mean this model's been around forever and yeah a lot of the successful ones i think we talked about that are coming out today like the dark universe and the monsters universe and well uh, successful well uh, a lot of the ones that are happening right now in in cinema (laughs) are based on previous shared universes that were already around Mm mm-hmm um, I mean, yeah. Marvel also, used the comics, right? Like, that's what uh, Kevin Feige yeah. said. Is he didn't think he did anything groundbreaking because, like, it was already a thing in the comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's... Yeah. So what... One of the... So it's important to kind of, like, understand how shared universes function. There's these set rules that the universe creates for itself. So you have your myths... Your, you had your OG myths and your... Uh, of, like, the polytheistic gods on Mount Olympus... And you have your rules of how these gods are supposed to function. And then you have all these different various storytellers take these rules that the that some person at some point created for the rest of the rest of the world and then takes a, and then takes all these different 
takes the rules and then applies these gods and their own take on stories and makes it and interweaves it and connects it together. So when you have when you look at the MCU, you have Kevin Feige, the god of everything, <laughs> uh, take all these take these these rules of how superheroes are supposed to work and how cinema is supposed to work and how certain genres are supposed to work on their own and then takes the known source material which is like the mount olympus gods the gods that already exist you take those that source material and you apply it to these new sets of rules and then from there you elaborate and all these different story uh story writers and and creators then build upon that and make it something of their own. Yeah. So to to put succinctly, right, the universe is established. The rules and and some of the players and the powers of play are, are established. And then you sort of let creators loose into that space to say, here are the here are the lines. Don't cross them. And then see what you can make in that in that yeah. space. Yeah. Um. So so it has its own constrictions in like these are the rules, but also these are that you can play in this space. Right. So yeah. why would why would a, a major motion picture like company want to do this? Well, you bring... People... Uh, I don't know. Why do people like this? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> like, you bring... I think you mentioned continuity, and that's important, but there's times when Marvel's fucked up really bad with continuity. Eight years but later. if you wanted, like, perfect Second. continuity, then wouldn't you, like, just make, like, a direct series of films and, like, have the same people helm each one and stuff like that? But it's not interesting. It's, like, also not interesting or engaging. I mean, look at... I think you can argue Star Wars sort of tried to do that before Marvel, and the I think the big gripe that's with the prequels, um, that was poorly phrased, but... I think George Lucas was in charge of directing or sort of the main force behind he all was directing peoples. and writing and they, he's not a good director or even a writer uh, <laughs> uh, you was... can argue but like the, the prequels tried to do something that wasn't like too many entertaining um, it just I, I mean like I could I mean I don't know it's it's so weird because Star Wars is such a unique beast on its own because there was really nothing before it there was no like the only like the to the prequels the 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 universe that is set up for star wars there's nothing before the og trilogy mm-hmm. the only thing that exists is what's in george lucas's head yeah yeah and like... whereas with the mcu there's the comics so you can always build upon something else. Yeah, I think like it's. Not, I think it's interesting that the MCU has like the comics as like sort of that like base mm-hmm. foundation because a lot of times like creators will build up stuff from will just build up from the comics like inspired plot lines. Like the yeah. Winter Soldier is the first example I could think of, but it's not purely the Winter Soldier tale. I guess Civil War is a better example. Civil War is not the page by page, panel by panel conflict of Civil War. There's obviously a lot of components that they can't mm-hmm. factor in, like the Fantastic Four, and I think Goliath is the hero that dies. Um, and a resurrected sword. Like, they can't follow it page by page. Yeah. Um, and that's where the, cre- I think that's where the creative talent comes in, sort of make it their own and make the MC like, mm-hmm. fresh and unique, because 
having the same voice tell the story over several years can be like, can get repetitive. Yeah, and boring and stale. And yeah. you and like arguably, I just and arguably like Kevin Feige has been the one like praying all these movies. But like as a watcher role, that's a little bit better. But that's a little bit better than having someone like like having John Harvey direct, write, and produce all. 20 movies of the mcu mm-hmm. so far um so, actually it's 19 yeah but. <laughs> it, it, it gets tiring and i mean uh, when you when you look at like star wars you see you you see some of the problems because it doesn't pick like the the writers and the writers and directors are kind of one note um, you could say that J.J. Abrams has kind of a unique aspect, but he what he created was not something of his own, was something that was Star Wars-based. Whereas with the MCU, you have different, diverse writers and directors to add to their own, to add to this story, and to add to this. Like, you have Taika, and you have Ryan Coogler, who all add incredibly different and unique takes on already uh already explored and written characters now it's just taking them to another unique level it keeps the it keeps the 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 universe fresh fresh and and different and i mean that's and i mean like if you're looking at like other things it's like actual diversity too when you have diverse like if you have people of color directing and writing stories, you have more diverse perspectives. That instead of just you know some one note white guy writing a movie, it's it kind of can get kind of repetitive and boring. Um, yeah. So when you have, I mean, like I've talked about it before, but when you have, I mean, I've read about it and I've mentioned it before, but like with Star Wars, with having a shared universe, you have. Um, you have kind of oh we're gonna make this more diverse, but you make the characters just have like like just be people of color, but it doesn't really build upon a like the 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 storyline isn't diverse in it of itself, and that's where the problems can arise. Yeah. Um, but going back to the MCU, it just comes down to unique story building. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, so it's it sounds to me like what we're saying is that the shared universe model is a really great way to manage a very large single continuity and keep diversity and interest and variability high by allowing lots mm-hmm. of different creators with their own takes and perspectives to add their own contributions to that universe. Yeah. Right. And it's, look, I mean, it's better the- than, it's better than sort of having all of those different creators make their own movies that are totally separate because there's a feeling of like, oh, if I go to watch this movie, which is crazy and wacky and in space, like that helps me to understand what happens when I go back and watch this other movie about like people battling in New York and stuff like that. Like there's this yeah. feeling of progression and continuity while still watching what is essentially a bunch of separate but very good movies made by different mm-hmm. people. There's this. So yeah, like when you look this, at. Oh, Izzy, go. There's this paper that. Um, it's 100 pages, and it was written before um, Kevin Feige's big press conference in October 2014, but I think it's still relevant to this topic. But it's essentially a paper about the shared universe, and it's interesting you talk about like how 
one property share that can reach the other because the point of a shared universe is that you can theoretically watch any movie in it and you don't need anything else, but the other movies will help enrich your understanding of it. And like mm-hmm. that's where the beauty of like the individual franchises come in. Granted, you can't there are some movies where you just can't, like, can't you walk into like you can't walk into Infinity War, I think, and like try and like and go yeah. without like that past experience. And, but and I think the point that's of a shared one of universe the universe is like yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean that when it comes to like Infinity War, that kind of gets to some of the issues of what a shared universe has is if it gets too big and you try to have these big connective tissues uh at at some point you're going to have to have watched a lot of it to understand it, right. which is where which is what like some of the problems that are starting to arise with like the criticisms for the for Infinity War was that well, all the other movies before Infinity War, you could have watched them on their own and they could have been good. Whereas with Infinity War, you needed to have watched at least seventy five percent of the films to understand what happens in Infinity War. I um, yeah yeah yeah. I would argue. So um, our co teacher Erin just texted us that she had met someone who had only watched Thor, Doctor Strange, and Infinity War, which was. Did the they enjoy it? Of movies. I yeah. don't know. She just said that she watched. They only just watched those three. But there are certain movies I think you have to watch with Infinity War. Like Civil War, I think is an important one. Um, the Avengers, the Age of Ultron. But for the most part, to fully feel the weight, it is at least seventy-five percent. Even like our Stuco now, we say that you can't have. We say that in our Stuco, like you don't have to have watched like Marvel. And you can go in and still learn something. And you mm-hmm. do learn something, but to participate in discussion, it really does help if you were or are a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you've watched like all these films beforehand. Mm-hmm. Or for home like our homework is just watch these movies. And yeah. sometimes like people neglect to do that because they have no time. It's college. But it's an interesting like, point to bring up. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and with that I think that that we we should dive into some of the limitations, right? Um, because this shared universe has been going on for basically twenty movies by this point, um, and we're starting to see some of those limitations crop up. I think it was Civil War where the Russos said, "We're done catching people up on the universe. If you haven't seen previous movies, we're not. Civil War is not for you." Um, and and we, I mean, we've talked about how you know some people like. They have to go back and rewatch a bunch of movies before Infinity War comes out, or they're like not going to understand what's what's going on. Even the people who watched it are like mm-hmm. having to go do research to go see a movie, um, mm-hmm. and that's going to get and, m- and I mean, worse as time goes on, right? Yeah. So one of the things was like one of the big uh, tenements of or tenets? tenants. Yeah, I, I can't think of the word. Yeah, of the MCU was that it was a film franchise for everyone so you can watch any movie at any time and understand what was going on and you wouldn't have to have watched any of the sort read any of the source material um and still be able to understand what's going on mm-hmm. and now we're hit that point where maybe it's too big and it can be scary so yeah yeah that's yeah. like some of the some of the things i was thinking about yeah. But, um, my f- yeah. My friend, um, so my friend had told me this um, after Infinity War, and 
we kind of, like, he essentially felt the same way about the MCU after watching Infinity War that I felt after watching Solo. And it's that I think at this point, Marvel, like, should, like, slow down. Like, he was arguing that there were more... <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the joke about Solo there. But, like, there were... Like, he kind of felt, like, movie. overwhelmed. He kind of felt, like, overwhelmed by, like, how much, like, Marvel movies there were. And he argued that after... He argued that after Avengers 4, they should just break off and make a new universe. With The Eternals, I guess, is a movie that break instance but I, by yeah. doing that that's something we're going to talk break about break the universe model yeah that's that's actually so, in the in the part 2 for this one is is <laughs> new continuities but um for, to, to so so yeah so i was going to just make a quick little aside to like looking at the other big shared universe like the dc universe um like the only t- the only like considerably great movie in it was Wonder Woman and it was a completely a complete departure from the rest of the other movies in what is the DC universe and i think having something that is a drastic dis uh difference makes something unique and different and cool yeah. and that's awesome so mm-hmm. i mean we'll talk about that more in our part sure, 2 sure sure yeah. well yeah. and then i mean we can also we haven't mentioned there's a part 2 they'll figure it out when two different episodes come up with the same title they'll they'll figure it out the listeners (laughs) there's some clever kids out there um but i mean we can talk about wonder woman a little more because when she was brought back in in justice league i mean it it certainly did not save that movie um yeah and it's sort of like begs the question like well if instead of doing a shared universe model dc just like made movies about superheroes that didn't talk to each other or interact maybe dc Mm. itself would be better off right like and you could definitely argue that the mummy was a worse movie because of its attempt to cram in a bunch of world building and stuff like that for future movies so i I guess the my my question is what are these other cinematic universes doing wrong that may that makes this model not work for them the big thing I think is that they're going too fast because Marvel's they're trying a big bit build big day one like exactly Iron Man was good because it was good on its own. If Iron Man was just the only movie, it would have worked. And then it was the end credit scene that made it crazy. They made people diverse. realize like, yeah. oh, we're building up to something big here. And I think in in this mad rush to like catch up to Marvel, they're not realizing that the thing that made Marvel successful was time and they're trying I think DC tried to get a head start but obviously shut the bed and so a lot of I think a lot of, like, that's the thing like, the big build up is like the big problem because it's hard because you want to get people excited for your movie but you also need to produce like a good movie like first and foremost mm-hmm. I actually would argue that for The Mummy I actually enjoyed Russell Crowe in it like just as his character as a performance and you saw wait whoa whoa oh oh god oh my god of all the people of the of the of the six of us i saw the who mummy? are teachers you're the only person who saw the mummy wait what i saw i thought you and chris watched at the very least no <laughs> i did not see the mummy i've just seen a shit ton of reviews for the mummy i say i, I, I saw the mummy, the mummy like the brendan fraser mummy which oh. was very fun 
because it was I, dumb I in the mid 2000s. I'm glad that Izzy saw the mummy so that she could contribute to the discussion <laughs> in a more informed way. Yeah, you know. Thanks, that, that is that is that is And that's the only reason I would be glad that she saw the mummy. <laughs> Speaking of bad movies in out? other universes, I'm going to see I'm going to see Venom in in 2 hours, so that will be great. Um yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I I don't think we cuz there's not enough content out there to talk about the v- Venomverse. V- Venverse? Yeah. Sure. Well, <laughs> sure, sure. Um but I I mean I do want to talk about other uh, cinematic universes because Marvel was so successful everyone was like, "Oh, the key to their success, what they're doing differently is all these characters talk to each other from different movies. Let's do that." And then it didn't work. Which and is it, very nearsighted. In fact, I think yeah. that otherwise perfectly capable directors and writers and actors fail when they attempt to take on like a shared universe uh, approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I think it's because these lines that that we have to create for the creators to like do their to do their thing and be collaborative um, mm-hmm. can be really limiting on plot and character. Um, and especially yeah. on like the the tone, um, when mm-hmm. you look at like uh, Justice League, obviously like Zack Snyder um, was like he was trying to do it Zack Snyder way, and then he was and he was dealing with also the death of his daughter. Yes, um, and then but it's a very and then different... Josh Whedon came in <laughs> and then also added his take, which was very different from Zack Snyder's. So you have two very different yeah. styles mixing together, and and they they were they the weren't mixed. Bad. They didn't mix. It was one or the other at any given moment of the movie. There was no feeling of blending together. The I don't know how to describe the tone of Wonder Woman in an easy sentence, but like it had a very different tone to that movie. That oh I man, if Nando V movies did. movie. Like Justice League's version actually came out, it would be so much better. Oh yeah, I I I just finished the fourth part yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, I watched it. I think two days ago. It was very it's good. good. It's good. Um, um, but my my point being, highly recommend everyone to listen to Nando V movies four part video this series. Is a, this on is a free how to plug fix Justice for League. Nando. Nando, if you're listening, yeah. we plugged you. He probably just not. you know keep that in mind. If any requests FYI. to be on the podcast come up soon. Just remember this. Um, no, I was going to say yeah. that, uh, I mean, managing tone alone, uh, let alone plot and, and dealing with sort of characters who characters. have gone through arcs before and you have to fit those in. Um, I mean, these mm-hmm. can all be incredibly difficult tasks. And if a director, for instance, has a major life event that like goes on um, and they have other things on their mind, I mean, I don't think that like a, a director... Is, it, is capable of handling all of those challenges, you know. Um, but if the director affects the movie in that big of a way, then there's other pieces that need to... Then there's other problems with it. Like, you yeah. think so? Like, we've had bad directors in the MCU, but the movie was still good. <laughs> fine. Like, it's still... Like the movie was still fine. Like, like in Rotten Tomatoes, it's still, like, fresh. Thor like, The Dark World is, like not good but it's good on like you know you can watch it over other movies yeah it's you can watch it like it's better than fucking daredevil the movie or and solo (laughs) so uh, no yeah that's that's true yeah 
Um, and and like look at and I think. So so I mean in our notes here we talk about how it has to be different color grading visual effects that if like can the shared universe have different color grading and visual effects and tone and still be connected and cohesive and we've seen in the MCU that it does but I know this is kind of like turning into like shitting on DC's sh- uh, <laughs> shit job of a universe but like it's just I mean, all like... darkness and drab and there's nothing fun I mean Aquaman looks cool now so like <laughs> that that, oh. that seems like a, a place to you know a, a, a second start in the right direction and Wonder Woman oh. was the first so good also uh, you just remind, I completely forgot to watch the five minute Aquaman teaser before. It's, it's actually pretty scene. good. It's, right. I'm not gonna okay. lie, like it, it's. Let actually, me, I'm very excited. Let me summarize for you. On, which is good. You go. Uh, you, you, it's about the the trailer, the first trailer, and then it's. Oh, uh, it's it was all always connected. a plan. Yeah, there was always a okay. plan. Yeah. In Infinity are there, War, are there limitations when it comes to visual effects in the MCU? I, I think that there should have been, but surprisingly, there have not been any consequences. But it still like, works. I think that yeah. the only time there's ever been a visual uh, disparity was with Black Panther. I think that Black Panther's with visual effects are the only I feel you. are the yeah, only yeah, yeah. bad portion of that movie. I think that they could have been way better, and I think that's because when they were making that movie, they either rushed or they didn't think this was going to do as well. I mean, and if you want to nitpick, you can look at, like, The Incredible Hulk had crazy weird CGI on the Hulk and the Abomination, which, like, they wouldn't do nowadays. Um, but I, I think I, that, that's also, like, 2009. I think that yeah. was, I think at the time that was fine. Like, like I mean, it wasn't great, but it was, like, on par with a Adequate. lot of the other average movies that were out there. Black Panther's visual effects were not good. Especially with Infinity War coming out in May and Thor Ragnarok right, right. right before it. And if you see both of those visual yeah. effects, they're much more polished. And I think that's because of what people saw, what people thought was going to be like an okay movie. But Black Panther turned out to be amazing. Um, right. Yeah. And that comes down to plot. Like, it tells a very intense story about race and what does it mean to be a black person. Which is like really intense, uh, and for like a movie universe that has ant people, ant Ant Man and small people, small people. Yeah, our our I universe mean... also has small people, Anthony. No, I know. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I so completely forgot. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and let you recover your thoughts. Like, jump in whenever you remember. But um, I'm thinking about in Infinity War, the battle on Titan, where you have the Guardians of the Galaxy who have their own visual style next to Iron Man with his own visual effects style next to Doctor Strange, which the most ridiculous visual effects style of all. Um, the fucking hands! And just the like, kind of. Come and get them hands! Yeah. <laughs> like, it sort of felt like. It felt like it worked. Because um, Iron Man and Spider-Man were for the most part very grounded. Um, The Guardians were in space on their home turf, so they felt like they were at home. And Doctor Strange was purposefully supposed to be very strange, like weird dude. And his visual effects are super weird and jarring, but like that's 
then the characters in the movie get to be like, whoa, that's the point. What the fuck was that? Like, yeah, that's it, like, 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 yeah. I, like that whole that whole sequence where he like tries to put uh, Thanos into the mirror dimension when he uh, g- goes fucking uh, ninja shadow, uh, whatever that thing yeah, is from yeah, Naruto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's just uh, fucking thirty hands and clones like himself. Like that shit. That's fucking wild. But what makes that so cool, <laughs> and what makes that scene awesome, and like just differenting from all the other characters, is that there was no one really else in those scenes to kind of make it different. What made what like the only time uh, Doctor Strange used his powers combined with like other people's powers. Was when he created portals. Was when they're holding Thanos. When it was holding Thanos and was creating oh, yeah, like, portals and portals platforms. For, yeah, <coughs> yeah. And jump through and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah, I think this. Yeah, go for it. Oh, sorry. I think the I think visual effects are interesting in like talking about the shared universe because there are instances like it is a very I think it is very up and down. I think the visual effects didn't stand out to me as much in Black Panther because the rest of the movie like plot wise, story wise, was so amazing and it's like just overlooked. But you can see, like, for some characters, they are, like, infinitely better. Like, Thor is obviously the biggest example. And I remember, like, when watching Infinity War, like, that was the first movie where I was, like, blown Mm -hmm. away by, like, all the possibilities and, like, special effects and, like, the creative limits that they really push. Like, I think for visual effects, like, the limitations are, like, a bit less strict because there's, like, magic and stuff. And so... um, yeah. It's interesting when you compare the limitations of like visual effects and the boundaries that they reach when compared to like the plot and the story and the characters. So it, it's a little bit wider. Yeah, it's interesting seeing like a like in Guardians 2 where you had a lot of color and then all of a sudden you have Civil War which is like fucking gray like style. Yeah. Like that's the color mm-hmm. of Civil War is gray. Like the entire airport scene, there was nothing colorful about it except for what they were wearing and then the a bunker in russia like made of concrete was the grayest thing they could have followed up that gray scene with also yeah. thank you thank yeah. you thank you thomas for using the proper word concrete and not cement like how many fucking plebeians use um as a civil engineer <laughs> it is concrete not cement. I'm, I'm not gonna lie you wouldn't you, you wouldn't call you wouldn't call an apple pie an apple they are not synonyms. You wouldn't call. You wouldn't call. Hey, that's a person over there. You wouldn't say no. That's water, because there's water <laughs> inside of a person. There is cement inside of concrete. There is also water and sand and aggregate, and that's what concrete is. Understand that, loser. Yes. Is is the civil engineer rant over? This well, might be. Well, uh, this here's might the metaphor. The here's the metaphor. Takeaway. You the have episode. you have your sand. You have your sand, which is like the fine materials <laughs> of the, which is your your Thor Ragnarok. And then you have your aggregate, which is your Civil War. Then you have your water, which is Black Panther. And then you have your cement, which is the Avengers. And all of it together makes a concrete shared universe. I don't know how to feel about that. We All of these unique or we make something quit. that could stand on its own. <laughs> look, look, if, you, if you've ever felt cement, it's very fine and very, it, it feels like clay and it could just fall right through your hands. Sand falls right through your hands. Water is water and rock is, and aggregate's just a bunch of rocks. 
But if you put all of them together, they create the building blocks for which, like, like hundreds of thousands of buildings are supported on. To be fair, we're your metaphors are really awesome. It's the pun that killed us. Oh, I just want to let wait, you know what that. pun? The concrete oh, shared the concrete universe. Shared universe. Yes, that was a very good pun. Thank you. Yes. I'm upset about that. <laughs> but you do make very good points tying in civil engineering. Now we gotta think like, of the bad it's... things. What are the bad things? We're not really talking about the bad things. Okay. I think like we're doing okay. like a half and half job, but bad things. Bad. Let's go. All right. The rest of the How episode we're talking about bad things. The existing MCU constrain the plot and character work that can be done in future movies. I think that... I think it can. No, I think the big... I mean, the big fuck up that Marvel's done is eight years later (laughs) and talking about how... um, Like, they were saying, oh, like, Peter's the kid in Iron Man 2 who's, like, the... who's, um, you know, trying to blast fucking um, um, Ivan. And then um, Tony Stark's like, nice job, kid. Like, that sort of, like, tying in... I think that's the big conclusion. It's, like, the eight years later fuck up. And it it's just it's a instance where I think they wanted to allow like for some like cute little things, but at the cost like really weren't paying attention to what they wanted to do. And I think like as the universe gets bigger, you have to pay more attention. And I think that they're tra- I think that they're sort of trading in like you know telling new interesting plots which is great for really paying attention to all the older stuff that came before. Like with Captain Marvel coming out in March, you ask the question of how is this going to tie into like Nick Fury? Nick Fury has two eyes. The last time he trusted someone, he lost an eye and Coulson is back. So like, how are you going to tie in like his work pre agents of shield? And it's just, I think it's just getting harder. It's a lot of, I think mental work, um, to keep that story consistent. Yeah. Also, it just like thundered in Pittsburgh very suddenly. No, no, it's been and raining now for I'm a while. Scared to go outside. It's been raining for a while. You know, it was it was raining and it was super sunny and then started raining. Yeah, again. it's it's, okay, it's like sorry. summer. It's like it's summer weather right now, even though it's October. So, uh, but like the same look, thing. It's like way too hot out right now. It's like, like eighty look, degrees. Look at look at phase three. You're, you're we're asking him yes. like, is this yes. sustainable? Look at phase three. Black Pan. I'm gonna go backwards. Ant Man and the Wasp was pretty good. Avengers: Infinity War, it, you know, to many controversial, but it was still pretty good on you know money standards. Black Panther, yeah. Thor Ragnarok, yeah. <laughs> Spider Man: Homecoming, yeah. Spider Man's first movie in a while, and it's pretty freaking awesome. And Far From Home looks really cool. So Tom Holland is awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Dads are bad. Doctor Strange, fun. Civil War, amazing. Those were the, that is like the an amazing streak of movies. Already uh, eight years into this fucking uh, experiment. So uh, what's interesting to me about that sort of list is um, I think that a lot of those. So we we talk about the the model that Marvel's chosen, which is not the only way to do a shared universe, but it's one they've done is they yeah. made a bunch of movies to start with, and then they, like, combined them into one Avengers, and then, boom, they go all go back out to their separate stuff, 
and they and combine come back into Avengers 2. And they can do fun stuff. Like, they can do uh, Black Widow in Winter Soldier. Um, or they can do Hulk in Ragnarok, right? Like, they don't have to all be separate. But it's yeah. generally conglomeration episode, boom, into separate episodes, into conglomeration. Um, and I, I think that that's one of the ways that they handle this is they go, okay, Avengers 2 happened. Here's everything that happens in Avengers 2. Everybody, you're starting from there. Nobody get in each other's way. Nobody cross over. Everyone go to different planets, go to different, like, countries. Like, whatever you have to do, we're not messing with, like, intercontinuity in between the giant cross-over <coughs> episodes um, once they've picked their sort of, like, corners. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, like, in Luke Cage when Iron Fist joins him for, like, an episode to be like, yeah... Be centered and shit. Um, you wait, can't wait, really. In Iron Fist, Luke Cage is there. In Luke Cage, Iron no. Fist... In Luke Cage, Iron Fist is there. Okay. Um, uh, th- now this is this is a, sorry. This is a really decent quick tangent. Um, in uh, where is Iron Fist uh, in Luke Cage compared to Iron Fist season two? During or Luke, after the season? it's it's before it's before season two. Oh okay. Um. It's so like he just sort of makes a one episode cameo to like teach some lessons and like go off. Um, that's way less common in the cinematic universe to have a character like come over and for just like a little bit. No, no, they did it. They did it like, and it did it fucking amazingly well. In Thor Ragnarok and Doctor Strange, but that's still the only in Thor Ragnarok they had Doctor Strange come in, but that's still like the only instance yeah. of that happening. And like uh, our... Ant Man, no, you had I was the Falcon, gonna... and you had Falcon. The entirety of yeah. Civil War. Yeah. Well, yeah. Civil um, War was a lot more like one of those conglomeration episodes. That was the point of Civil War, like to have like a bunch of people. I was going to say Homecoming, but Tony Stark is too integral to the movie to like say that about him. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the one that stands out like right now to me, like in phase three, was like Doctor Strange. Because I think. You mean, in, you mean Thor Ragnarok in, in Doctor Strange? That's yeah. what I meant. I, yeah. Sorry. I, like, I, I think Doctor Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok is. Is is like the uh, it's not the keystone because it's not the first piece, but it's a very foundational piece of what this universe can do. You have a cameo of a main character appear for like five minutes, and it's fun, and it's quick, and it's awesome. Exactly, exactly. And and like that's that is that is, that makes this so cool. That that shows the 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 cool qualities of the universe. And then on top of that, you have Hulk. Who you haven't seen for uh, one, two, three, four, five movies appear <laughs> and kick butt and hang out with Thor the rest of the movie. That's cool. Yeah, and I think that um, I think that's what you what have to do more is you forward. have to do that mental work to say, oh, wait, where is Doctor Strange at this point in our continuity? Because he's he's been practicing for a while, so he's way better at all this stuff. He's teleporting around the place. He's familiar with the Sanctum, right? Like, he's got his list of mystical threats. Like, Doctor Strange has had progression, and we need to take that in mind for this cameo. And you need to do that work and think about where these characters are. And if you can do it all, it's awesome. It looks really cool, and it it feels like a a crazy moment. But if you had seen Thor Ragnarok without seeing Doctor Strange, do you feel like that cameo was, like, out of freaking nowhere and weird? No. No. I think it fit. I think under, <clears throat> understanding that 
Doctor Strange is just like in the Marvel universe because like well for one it's Benedict Cumberbatch like you can't imagine like that an actor that caliber will have like yeah, people, people, some people don't like, know who that is mm, uh, that, okay that's fair he's getting his way there but like the big thing you take away from that is that he is a big guy in this universe and we'll see more of him in the future yes yeah yeah I mean we, we, we kind of went back into the good qualities of <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I think we're all we're all more likely to say that this is a really cool thing that's going on than like this is a really problematic thing. Yeah. So I could play I, devil's yeah. advocate a little bit more if you guys would like, but I think that that kind of hard work of figuring out where a character is going to be and working with other directors to figure out like when that's happening is something that Marvel does really well, but is like a huge amount of what goes into Marvel's movies. And with other mm-hmm. universes, they don't do that very well because they don't realize that that's such a big part of it. And yeah. they lose mm-hmm. that cohesion. And they I, haven't even... No other universe has made it to, like, ten movies. You know? Like, it if only you look, gets harder. If you look at all the problems that, like, uh, like the problems that the MCU has, like, in movies and just, like, in general, I think the biggest cracks are actually shown in Infinity War where... This is no longer a movie for. This is no longer a, uh, a TV series, uh, a movie series for everyone. Um, yeah, absolutely. The yeah. like, the villain is incredibly problematic. Um, where do they go from here when they kill off everyone? Like, it's like, how do you how do you tone it down from something from going too big? Like what are what are the next steps to be better? And I mean, we've talked about kind of like the next steps to kind of like like the power right. creep stuff with when me and you, Thomas and Sabrina. Um, how do we tone it down? How do we how do we bring it yeah. back? Because like we're doing the Eternals, I, but we'll talk about that in part. <laughs> um, and I, I want to talk a little bit more about that color grading thing because we in yeah. our class talk about how in the Avengers in order to make all of those six characters with their different visual styles and different visual effects and different colors look like they belonged on those streets in New York they used a very flat color palette they, yeah. they used a very like bland thing um, right. to just homogenize it right um, and that was a ch- they, so they had this challenge which was connecting these characters visually and they solved it with this color palette and then they said alright moving forward Everyone use this color palette. Everyone do it like this so that we... That's what they did like with Age of Ultron. universe. Yeah. Um, and then people were like, these movies look ugly. This is awful. And so <laughs> they had this problem that was caused by their shared universe um, that they then needed to solve. And what they sort of ended up doing was being like, all right, well, you know... Avengers Affinity War actually fixed You could be that. colorful. Yeah. Well, it, no, Guardians, where you had your Guardians reds and your orange and your Strange yellows on it. Titan. Mm-hmm. And you had your green... And your dark blues on um, on Earth. I I think Wakanda was less vibrant than it could have been because I, I think they were constrained with color grading. Uh, I think that Titan would look really bad, but like that's sort of the point of Titan. But but still, um, I thought that the only place that looked really cool was the forge with the dwarf and the I don't know what that place is called. Nidavellir. Nidavellir. Called- that's a, that's um, a made up word. Yeah. That place like looked cool visually, but I thought everyone else like was trying to look that same like flat kind of grounded. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they filmed mm-hmm. the Wakanda battle in like a literal horse pasture, 
In uh, Georgia, yeah. <laughs> they had to build, they had to like make a of. river. I don't know. Um, they had to make I, I a river like for that. It was a little bland, color-wise. Because mm-hmm. it, it's hard to connect all of these different looking characters. Yeah. I think, like, <clears throat> I think they're certainly getting better. With it. I, I feel like it's a tad more colorful than what it used to be. But even when you look at, like, even when you go back down and, like, downscale, like, with, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, you notice, like, it's a little bit more colorful, but, like, it is still, like, pretty grounded. Even, like, the, um, God, what's it called? Um, the subatomic dimension. Yeah. Like, even that, like, yes. Even that was, like, really crazy and kooky. And it didn't make any it sense. also was very... <laughs> yeah, it also didn't make any sense. But, like, it... I think they learn i think after guardians 2 they learned like not to be too crazy with like they learned like they learned like to really they learned not to be like restrained with like the kind of colors that they want or like just really try to push things Mm -hmm. visually but also trying to keep like a repressed like same balance like they think they're balancing that like a little bit yeah they're trying to balance that a little bit more What are One of the some, things that yeah, we, we will be talking about that we haven't touched on yet, unless, Thomas, you wanted to say something on visual effects. No, colors. you should go. Go. Um, we're going to be talking about this more in full about the music of the MCU, but right. one of the big problems that we have is that we have all these different composers for all these movies. We have all these different directors, but on top of that, we have way more unique composers and they kind of they not always carry around the same themes that we've seen in other movies whereas like the iron man theme from iron man one is different than the iron man theme in iron man three and it would be cooler to have that i mean the only thing that has been wholly consistent that everyone loves and actually really likes is the alan silvestri uh avengers theme which Mm -hmm. you you hear a little bit in age of ultron but you don't hear it as much um, and you, and you don't hear it jazz version as... at the beginning of these episodes. Yes, but and yeah. you don't hear it as frequently as you would want in um, in um, Infinity, in Infinity War. War. And yeah. that's more of a personal right. I really hope they fix that in part two. I think they will because they remember part they four. wanted to make it darker. And one of the issues that I have with Infinity War is that it doesn't have the other themes. You don't hear Cap's theme. You don't right. hear Iron Man's theme. You don't hear Thor. You don't hear the Guardians' like co- a compositional theme. You have you have their you know their aesthetic with the with the you know seventies uh, mm-hmm. music, but that's that's it. I'm talking about compositional stuff, and I think I think they could do it next one because next one's supposed to be a little bit more fun. All the heroes I, come I back. Captain yeah. America dies. I expect to cry. Um, you, I expect to cry watch, from joy. It, see, here's the thing: when Captain America dies, like, they, got, they gotta play his theme. They gotta play his theme. They got it's it. gonna be. It's Absolutely. gonna. It's gonna hit. It's gonna hit. Really I. Hard. Guys, I just know I'm gonna cry when I watch Avengers four, and none of you can stop me. I mean, you cried in Avengers well, three. How would we I, even I, attempt I, to stop you from crying? What would I? I mean, Thomas has Thomas has seen me like legit ball. Dude, we were all balling right? in Infinity War. That was that was a lot. That was that was so much. <laughs> oh no, I was talking scared. about. Oh no, I was talking about Guardians oh. Two when I was a literal mess. Oh yeah, <laughs> Guardians Two was. Oh, 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 that was. But yeah, back to. 
right. back to the podcast. So, like, so, I feel like, yeah. Before you go on, I feel like I guess the thing I'm like positives and like sort of criticisms. I feel like we've been peppering those in like throughout the episode. Like we say, the plot is like weak, or like it's not the plot's weak, but like the plot is like there's a lot of constraints. But like we right. sort of come to an understanding, and so it's like a fair. It's like we sort of like balance it out, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I can't. Mean, so but like I guess Chris. What it sounds like to me, not not as in like a conclusion, but just like a, a here's what we got so far is that um, managing that continuity with the plot is work and it's communication and it's people being willing to accept those constraints on what they can do, um, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the same case for sort of visual effects style and color and sort of the character progression it's all about being willing to accept that you have to respect this other body of work willing to communicate Mm -hmm. what you want to do and compromise on that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and that marvel does it well and i i hope other cinematic universes are doing it well too because i think it works really well when you can do it but it's a great way when you make more compromises yeah is that what you're saying yeah but not um not like iron man 2 compromises not like everyone sort of rolls over and lets this let's Whatever, whatever needs to <laughs> happen, I think, happen. I think, I think, like with the Edgar Wright stuff with Ant Man, yeah. I think Feige and Co. kind of learned from their mistakes and said, "Hey, we made mistakes in the past. We're going to let you guys do things. We're going to say, hey, can you guys do this or can you guys do this?' It's like maybe we, maybe we should change it. And it's like, okay, then do it. And mm-hmm. they did, like with with Thor. Like they're learning." Like, I think like that... if you remember from the 2014 presentation of what Thor Ragnarok was going to be, it was like this really dark and gritty, like like little mini like the hollowed out, empty, everything no, is no, destruction. Well, no, 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 no. It's just the, the 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 three seconds of the title of what the Thor movie was going to be. It looked more dark and like like the Dark World, and. Then Taika Waititi came in and was just like, hey, I never read these comics. I never did anything. Let's just do Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think a big part of how Marvel does it differently, or at the very least, like how a good studio does it differently, is you open with these constraints. You say, we already know. We're, we're in the job interview. Here's what is going on. Here's what you have to respect and work around. Besides that, go to town. And then directors are great at being like, oh, so I can do this and I can do this and this would be really cool. Um, yeah, but like, I think like if, it, you're making it's a, a if you're making a universe, if you're making a movie, like a Quentin Tarantino movie, that is, I mean, I mean, all the Quentin Tarantino movies happen on Earth. So you're constrained to the rules of how Earth works. Right. So just take those rules of Earth and just say, no, fuck that and just constrain it to the rules of this universe yeah and exactly go to town with and that i think that the, any the big genre, problems any genre one's, any one's any thing. adventure that you want to do can happen Co- romantic comedy uh noir flick uh i mean what what genres have not happened a horror movie a straight horror movie I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange too. Um, I'm looking so, forward to Doctor Strange too. No, I, I think where it becomes I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange too. <laughs> where it becomes a problem is when the studio comes in with their constraints after the movie is already underway, and they're like, "Oh, we sort of don't like this. Can we do something else?" Or like, "Oh, let's change it up like after." And I feel like that's really common um, because you're allowed like for to, people to sort of 
Yeah. Right. You're allowed to like take a movie that's half finished and be like, mm, let's take it in a different direction, or like, mm, let's add some different creative people on here, change it up. And mm. I think I think that's an issue. I think Marvel's very good at being upfront and being like, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. Have fun with it. And then it sounds all the directors I've heard, like Taika Waititi and James Gunn and all these people have said like Marvel's actually really like helpful and supportive and like they're really good about this and I think the reason they can do that is because they can be like right up front and be like you can't like overwrite the continuity from previous movies and they also okay, learn from their mistakes yeah. in the past yeah absolutely exactly and and luckily yeah. they're good enough that they have the ability to learn instead of like just being done you know mm-hmm. yeah that's the case for other other things exactly yeah 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 and I'll get. I think they'll get more into like learning from the learning from. I want to get more into learning from their past and moving forward in the second part. But I think it's an important mindset um, that Marvel has, and it's a great mindset that they have, and that they hopefully continue moving forward. Yeah, I hope so. Forward well, yeah, as more movies are added, what happens to these problems? And I think we kind of talked about how all most of Phase Three has been like this really great streak of really diverse, unique movies that I yeah. think if they continue to have unique, diverse movies, you have your, your Eternals, your Dark Avengers, then I think those problems can be fixed. But if they go too big too quickly or if they make it too ridiculous... Well, actually, let's not say that because too ridiculous works. Uh, we saw with Guardians. Um, but if they make it... Um, if they don't have diverse writers, then it's not. Then the problems are just going to continue. Yeah. Anything yeah. else, guys? I, I mean, I think that these problems do get harder, but I think that 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 more greater difficulty is met by an understanding, at least in Marvel, of being like we've been doing this for a long time. We know how to do it, right? We're getting better all the time to meet that like increased uh, existing continuity the increased challenges of different characters and weirder mm-hmm. characters being brought in. Um, so far, they've kept pace. And I hope they continue to keep pace. I hope they continue to refine and improve. Um, and if, if they plateau, they just need to put in, in more time communicating and, and doing research. Take, take a break on movies that come out a year. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, instead of, instead of three, which did happen, let's, let's bring it back to maybe two or one. So we get to two. Also, release Although, them like later. If Marvel in the year, released like, the a movie like, every week, I would go see it in theaters every week. Just to be clear, Marvel, I'm I'm good. I am not the limiting factor here as an audience member. Yeah, if just make good movies. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, make good, enjoyable mm-hmm. movies that you know build upon this universe in a fun way. And yeah, I know it's for money, and I get that. And you know, capitalism's a bitch all the time. Not so. You can have my money, Marvel. That's but just keep doing I'll what you're doing. You, and you can have it. It's yours. Yeah. Um. So I I was talking about sort of Marvel gets better at doing things. They like develop a process and they refine that process. Um. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that Marvel does to manage their continuity and dealing with the shared universe model um and I, i'm looking for one thing in particular that's going to lead us off into our part two that's coming is this uh listeners at home is next it... week i don't that's probably how we would do probably it. probably the week after yeah. we yeah. release this one yeah coming yeah. next week is it is it the is it the scroll that I'm, you're trying so to refer not to the scroll it's so definitely not <laughs> that. that's not even remotely close 
Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, oh God, is it? Thomas, just do it. Just say it. okay. Is it character okay. based? So Marvel loves separating their characters in the universe to like their own completely separate corner. Like just yeah. like like think about Wakanda as an idea, like a hermit kingdom that has had no contact with the outside world and is literally protected by like an indestructible barrier. They're like, no continuity will get in or out of Wakanda. <laughs> we don't need to worry about it. What happens in Wakanda stays in Wakanda. It's fine. Because that's that's the line you draw. Is like, hey, just stay in Wakanda and you'll be fine. Can I go to Korea? Yeah, okay, you can go to Korea. But, like, mostly stay in Wakanda. And, like, we don't need to worry about, like, what sort of continuity stuff pops up. Or, like, visual effects mm-hmm. being weird. Or having Avengers Tower in the background. Like... We don't need to worry about it because it's its own corner. Or, like, let's say you want to set a TV show with crazy, super powerful people who've been around forever, but you don't want to fuck up the continuity. The moon. Put them in you Hawaii. You put them on the moon. And Hawaii. Both islands secluded places. Uh, or you put them yeah. in the middle of uh, a city that is populated with other superheroes, and you don't have yes. them interact with anyone because that makes yes. literally zero sense. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what you do. So, um... I, the next part that I want to talk about is what I call, like, corners of the MCU. Just, like, places that you can hide characters so they Space. don't have to worry about... Continuity. Magic. Earth. Another planet. Indeed. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's yes. wrap up this episode before we do that. Yeah. So, thank you, Thomas, for helping us out this week. Well, does anyone want to uh, give closing thoughts on, on stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Um, I think Izzy, this closing is, thoughts. This is an experiment, do it. but yeah. So closing thoughts. Um, oh God. Ah. Um, I think just to go back to your thing about continuity. Um, yeah, it is. It is corners. It's like the thing we. It is about corners. Like it's the things that like we really don't realize until we think about it in retrospect. And it's a way that it's a tactic that Marvel uses to like I think keep their continuity in line to sort of like remember everything because it's everything's designated by place but the reality is like it's gonna cross over sooner or later and they have to find a way to to manage that Mm. anthony it's a beautiful experiment they just gotta watch out be diverse and make sure that they change things up every so often otherwise it's just gonna plateau and be bland and suck and no one's gonna watch it anymore and it's gonna be entertaining (laughs) and Watch out for problematic people. That's it. Yeah. All right. Thomas. Um. Thank yeah. you for filling uh, filling you, in for Chris. It's, it's my my Chris pleasure. Is, Absolutely. Chris is at New York Comic Con, getting his freaking <coughs> freak on. What? Uh, the, what? I don't know. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah. I guess in terms of handles, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Delirialin. I use it. I promise. Um. um is he? You were saying something else? Yes. Oh, I... Oh, I was like, it's a handles. Yeah, Anthony. Oh, yeah. Uh, find me at the Pizza Taco on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's that's what I... I do things there. And, uh... Thomas. Don't follow me. Don't search me out. <laughs> don't even attempt to be friends with me. I want none of that. Uh, have a have a great <laughs> evening, and I'll, I'll be back next week. Yeah! Yeah! Bye, friends. Um, thanks to Steven... Molitor for our theme music. Thanks to Charles Villanueva for that sweet, sweet logo. And 
Yeah, that sweet, yeah. sweet logo. Fuck yeah, I love that logo. See y'all oh. next week. Oh. See y'all next week. Are we, are we Bye.